Let's pray together. Father, we're just, uh, Lord, I'm just so in awe of you and how great you are. Lord, let us take a moment and be thankful. I just want you to think as I'm just praying, what am I thankful for? What is something I can be thankful for? Lord, you're good. You've saved us. You've healed us. You're restoring us and you've restored us. Lord, you've placed us in a free country. Just thank you, Lord. We will enter your gates with thanksgiving in our heart. We will enter your courts with praise. We just praise you, Lord. Breathing in your grace and breathing out your praise. Just thank you, Lord, how we can just soak in your presence. And Lord, we just love on each other and just come in here and just love on you and love on each other. And I just thank you for family and just thank you for having our backs and having our fronts and just being with us. Holy Spirit, you are here and let us act accordingly. We just ask right now that as we look into your word that you would just bring it to life. Alive in our spirit, alive in our mind, that we would just have the mind of Christ. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. Just cast out fear right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, bless y'all. We're so glad you're here. Um, you know, our meet and greet time is one of the sweetest times of our church, and I don't want to get in a hurry of that. I love how you guys visit. Uh, I want to encourage you to not allow the meeting and greet time to be the only time you visit. Like go, go out to dinner together. Go out to the cafe and hang out and have coffee together. Go to Starbucks together. The body does not end when the church service is over. The body just starts. We meet each other. We find people that we have in common. And, you know, we need to stay connected. We need encouragement. Uh, I know that I need encouragement through the week, not just on Sundays. Um, so stay connected. Connect connect to each other. If you haven't been connecting, and let me tell you, Sunday morning in the uh, sanctuary as well as Wednesday night is not a good enough way to connect. Find little groups to be a part of. Um, I had a family just say how much they missed not having the Holy Spirit class. And I think for one reason, because of the content we were learning, but I think the biggest reason is we were connecting. We were connecting. It was so neat um, to, to hear how the groups were connecting with each other. Now, the leaders were rotating, but the groups were connecting. And uh, I just want to encourage you, that is one of the most spiritual things that we can do is get connected to each other. Amen? So I want to encourage you to get connected. Now, we've been looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and again, I believe that this is the equipping of the church. I, I don't know why the Lord led me to this, but last week, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 was all about giving. And 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is also about giving. But I want you to grasp what it is that he's saying. It's not necessarily about your money. It's about your heart. That he wants you to have a spirit of giving. I want you to know that the Lord has a spirit of giving. And do you know that that's one of the gifts? Some people are gifted with giving. So if we're gifted with giving, if some of us are that way and we were created in God's image, let me tell you, God is a giver. And I don't just mean giving of his treasure. I mean giving of his mind, of his heart, of his spirit, of his body. He has given everything. And he wants us to grasp that spirit of giving. And to give just from what you have. You can't give out of what you don't have. You can only give out of what you have. But if we give out of what we have, whether it's our finances or, or out of our time or out of our effort or out of our knowledge, 
um, or out of our service, um, our ability to help, um, God says he will bless it. You're not going to empty that resource. He's going to fill it back up to where it's overflowing with more. He wants to give you gifts so that you can give and he can give you more. It's a spirit of giving. Let me tell you, there is a spirit of stinginess too. People have that. Amen? We don't want that. We want a spirit of giving. A spirit to give. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball tonight. We're going to look, we're going to read it from the message. And I'll try to point out what you would what you would normally recognize. But uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 from the message. If I wrote any more on this relief offering for the poor Christians, I'd be repeating myself. Now, he's still continuing from chapter 8 about this spirit of giving. Now, I want to back up again. If you remember when I started 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, it was with the intention that we would be listening to what the Holy Spirit was saying to us. Do you remember? What's the Spirit of God saying to you as we read the Word? Don't just go numb and let me read and talk. Ask the Spirit of God to show you what the Word is saying. Amen? I, I sound way more intense than I'm meaning to be. I'm very happy and kind of easy going tonight. Uh, I don't mean to sound intense. I hope, I hope I'm not kind of coming across that way. But uh, if I wrote any more on this relief offering for the poor Christians, I'd be repeating myself. Now I'm going to repeat myself again. Do you remember it said you don't have anything but give? Do you remember from chapter 8? I know you don't have anything, but you've been giving. I think that's so awesome. I think so many times we think I can't give because I don't have anything. No, God's saying, I know you don't have anything. Now give. It's a good word. I know you're in the hole and fighting depression, but go help somebody. And you'll get out of it. Do you see this whole paradox? Quit worrying about what your issues are and get to doing what God's called you to do, and he's going to pull you out of it. It gets your focus off of it. Uh, let me tell you a funny story. Um, Pastor Zach and I went to a, a Hillsong worship conference, uh, and we were in New York City, and we spent about a half a day just killing ourselves walking around the city because he'd never been there. So we literally walked 13 miles. Started at the very bottom about down where Wall Street is and went all the way up to Midtown and back down all in one day. And I'm telling you, he had blisters. He was hurting. He looked good, but he felt awful. I looked awful, but I felt good because I knew what shoes to wear. There has to be a happy medium there, but I had on tennis shoes and jeans and a, a sweatshirt. He had on his sweet little boots and nice pants. And, and by the end of the day, he was hurting and I wasn't. But anyway, 13 miles. We walked 13 miles first day and killed him. I couldn't, he couldn't hardly function the rest of the time. But we were literally on the same block as the Empire State Building. And I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, it's right here. I mean, it is on our block. It's on the other side of this building. But because we were so close to this, I don't know, 20 or 30 story high rise, which is huge for our area, but not huge for there, we could not see it. I said, we've got to get further away. Let's start walking away from it. And sure enough, about a minute later, there it was. But it was right on us. How many times do we have the answer right in front of us, but we're so close to it, we can't see it? Uh, so many, have you ever heard that, that expression, you need to zoom out? You need a different perspective. 
and so many times when we're poor and when we're hurting and when we're down and we're, we just have nothing to offer, God says, whoa, 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 you're too close to that stuff. Back off and go, go, go serve somebody. Back off and go help someone. Stop for just a second, and all of a sudden you get your mind off of it, you get to helping someone, and all of a sudden, ding, an idea comes into your head, or a little joy comes back, and you're ready to go back and face that challenge that you had. How many times have you ever worked on a, a problem and you can't figure it out, you sleep on it, you get up the next morning and it's like, oh, there it is. You're just too close to it. It's back off, back off. change our perspective. He said, I know you're on board and ready to go. I've been bragging about you all through Macedonia province, telling them, Achaia, best I can do, Providence, province, has been ready to go on this since last year. Your enthusiasm by now has spread to most of them. I want you to know, as I read this and want to apply it to our church, I believe that we are ready for the Spirit of God to move in this place. We've been studying the Spirit of God. We've been studying the work of Jesus. We've been even looking at what the order is in the church and what the order is out. How are we supposed to operate? And I want you to know that it's when... Uh, when they were setting up the tabernacle in the Old Testament, that the glory of God did not come until every piece was in place. Do you realize that? The glory of the Lord fell on that tabernacle when every piece was put into place. So much so, it fell so much that the priests couldn't minister. Now I want you to know how much God's a God of order. That the Holy Spirit was not sent, sent uh to all men until complete new covenant order was put in place. Jesus walked the earth, he died on the cross, paid for our sins, he arose from the dead and he left. Order was established, sin was defeated, Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came. Can you see a same similar order that Jesus came to do one thing and that was to restore us to the Father and to beat sin? You see, that order was restored. He left, and the Spirit of God was poured out onto all flesh, just like it was prophesied. And I believe that that's where we sit. I believe we sit passionate for worship, passionate for the move of God, ready for God to move in our city and in our church. Amen? Are we? Got to be hungry. It's the hungry that get it. You ever seen dogs? Have you ever seen puppies try to get food? It's the ones that want it that get it. Right? All right. I'll keep going. Verse 3. Now I'm sending the brothers to make sure you're ready, as I said you would be, so my bragging won't turn out to be just turn out to be just so much hot air. If some Macedonians and I happened to drop in on you and found you weren't prepared, we all'd be pretty red-faced, you and us, for acting so sure of ourselves. I love this translation. So to make sure there will be no slip-up, I've recruited these brothers as an advanced team to get you and your promised offering all ready before I get there. And I believe that that's even what's happening with us as we're setting the table. We're trying to do our part in the natural so that God will do the supernatural. I want you to know that as Elizabeth and I over the last three years have been applying Dave Ramsey to our life, we've not just done the, the steps just so that we can just do our steps. We've done the steps expecting God to do his step. 
that we would be faithful over our money, that we would pay attention to what we're doing, that we would ask God to bless it, and in us being faithful over little, God would give us much. Same thing here in the church, that if we will be faithful over what we have, God's going to give us more. That's what's happening right now with our budget and with 2016 is we are trying to be faithful over what we have. God bless us right where we are that we're going to be faithful over. It's what we're about to go into right when this meeting ends. God, we're being faithful. We're trying our best to be faithful over what we have. You've done it before. We need you to do it again. Hey, God, we need you to do it again. Anybody ever been through something and you needed it done again? Scriptural. It's why you go set up the stones by where you, have you ever seen in the Old Testament where they set up those 12 stones so that when they came back by it, they'd bring the kids and the kids were like, why are those stones there? Oh yeah, let me tell you. I know we're about to face this bigger problem, but do you remember what happened back in the day? Oh yeah, okay, so we can believe God for this next thing. Amen. Anybody need encouraged? That's why we need to be thankful. Thankful is remembering Thankful is remembering so you're ready for the next thing. I need to remember what God's done. I need to remember how God healed Elizabeth's tumor in her throat. I need to remember how God healed my little daughter from a motorcycle accident. I need to remember how God healed my daughter's back. I need to remember so that when I lay hands on you for healing, I remember. When I need healing, when we need breakthrough and we're needing healing, our family needs healing. So let's go back and remember. God says, don't forget me. I'm still here. Don't forget, I told you I wouldn't leave you. Nothing's going to happen to you that I don't know is coming. He knows. He didn't wake up and say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was coming. Didn't prepare for that one. That's how good God is. He's prepared. Even when you're not, he's prepared. He even knew you weren't going to be prepared. That'll blow somebody's mind. He was prepared for you not preparing. <laughs> That's why he sent his son. Because we, could, we couldn't we could do it. Okay. So we're going to be red-faced. Make sure we don't slip up. Recruited these brothers to make sure that your offering is ready before he gets there. I want you all to have the time you need to make this offering in your own way. I don't want anything forced or hurried at the last minute. How many of you know that last minute God offerings are not the best? God is not fire insurance. God, we don't need you until our house is on fire and then by the way, why don't you fix that? No, he wants your offering ready. He wants a life, he wants your life, he wants your relationship, he wants you day to day. Not just when we have an emergency. Been there, done that. I don't want anything forced or hurried at the last minute. Let me tell you, if you wait to the last minute when hell hits, you're not going to be able to even know which way to look. Verse 6. Remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. 
God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. That's why I wanted to read this translation. It's because of those last two. Do you know if your heart is, is to give godly, uh, uh, to have a godly heart to give, when someone starts twisting your arm for giving, you're not affected by it? How many of you have ever been manipulated to give? I mean, watch the sob dog stories. You know, we're all crying. Where do I give? Well, no telling where that money goes. Even though it's a nice person singing a song. But when my arm gets twisted, but when my heart's prepared to give, that doesn't affect me. The Spirit of God can still move and have me give to those dogs. He hasn't yet, but he could. I still can hear the Spirit of God, but when a preacher gets up there and starts tugging at my wallet, it doesn't have, that control does not have effect on me. The Spirit of God has control of me. And sometimes I give to what seems like the dumbest things, and sometimes we don't give to what seems like the most important things. Now, do we miss it sometimes? I will tell you, my wife has a heart to give. Sometimes I'm just oblivious, and she's writing the check. I'm like, what are you doing? We need to give. And usually I just shut up. Okay. I don't think I ever say anything, even though I'm thinking, hmm, where's that going to come from? See, I do the checkbook, and the biggest, the biggest sometimes um, challenges we have is what envelope is that coming out of? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, great. Yeah. Now I got to figure that out. I felt we needed, we needed to do this. Well, where are we going to pay for it? I don't know. That's your problem. No, that's our problem. Well, in, in a roundabout way, it's, it's, said, it's said like that. Yeah. You see? Is this real life or what? Where is that coming from? But typically with giving, I don't question it. Um, God blesses a giver. So I just shut my mouth. We'll go figure it out. But I don't know if you've ever noticed, but we don't ever, we don't ever have those questions over giving. Ever. Now, I question everything else. <laughs> Why'd you buy that? I needed that. What's it coming out of? I don't know. Great. But when it comes to giving, God is at, what does it say? God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. Do you know what, you remember the scripture? For God loves a cheerful giver. And I've always kind of looked at that as we need to be cheerleaders going down the front to give our offering. But no, God likes it when you delight in what you're giving. You're not just cheering, woo, I get to give, oh, praise God. I have nothing, I don't know how we're going to make it, but boy, I just love to. No, God delights in, your, in you being delighted in the giving. There's a difference. There's a difference in cheering and being delighted in the giving. Have you ever met someone that's come to serve at church and they delighted in serving? Didn't matter what you were asked to do. Didn't matter what you asked them to do. They just were delighted to serve. I love serving with people like that. I don't like serving with people when I say, hey, can you help me here? And they're like, I don't do that. Oh. Okay. You're not delighting in the serving. <laughs> and I'm not delighting in you serving. <laughs> yeah. Kind of goes both ways. A stingy planner gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. 
Now, I want to encourage you, if you've struggled with giving, I want to ask you, do you trust God? That is where the, the rubber meets the road. Do you trust God? It has nothing to do with the church. It has nothing to do with what I'm saying. It, all it has to do is with God and you. Because if you're struggling with giving, more than likely we've got a hang-up between you and God. And I'm not trying to be judgmental, but there's a trust issue. And we're, we're, we're more afraid of not being able to pay our bills than we are to trust God to meet our need. And God's saying, if you'll have a spirit of giving, I'm going to meet your need. God blesses the giver. Amen? All right. Let's keep going. It gets even better. Can God pour on the blessing in astonishing? God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything. More than just ready to be to more than just ready to do what needs to be done. Are you following that? God can pour it on in such astonishing ways that you're ready for anything and everything. No emergency is gonna break this. You're gonna be ready. God's gonna be ready for you. More than just to give you enough to do what needs to be done. One psalmist, psalmist puts it, he throws caution to the winds, giving to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out and never wear out. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. Did you see what just happened? It gets all the way down to the core of your walking with God, being a godly man and woman. Your heart to give. It talks about how that the money is one of the hardest things for God to get. It's one of the things that we hang on to that we do not trust God for. But God's saying it's not only going to bless you, it's going to change your life into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. That gets me excited. Does anybody else? Verse 12, verse 12, carrying out the social relief work involves far more than help meet, helping meet the bare needs of poor Christians. It also produces abundant and bountiful thanksgiving to God. This relief offering is a prod to live at your very best, showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plain meaning of the message of Christ. I'm telling you, this spirit to give, overcoming this, this, this fear of giving really breaks down so many barriers. I think it breaks down an obedient barrier. I think that we find out that if we can really trust God with our money, we can trust God with everything. And you know what? We can. We can. This relief offering is a prod to live at your very best, showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plain meaning of the message of Christ. You 
you show your gratitude through your generous offerings to your needy brothers and sisters and really toward everyone. Meanwhile, moved by the extravagance of God in your lives, they'll respond by praying for you in passionate intercession for whatever you need. Do you catch this now? It's starting to affect the one you're giving to. That they start turning their hearts not only to God, but to you, to praying for you. And the fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. You don't even know what's happening behind the scenes. But out of your spirit to give, it engages people to begin to intercede for you. Who's the recipient of the giver? I mean, who's the, who's the recipient of the blessing to the one giving? Did that make any sense? <laughs> who's the recipient of the blessing? And it's the giver. He's not even talking about the one that's being given to. Not even in the conversation, except that they're going to start praying for you. Everything that it's pointing to is talking to the one that will give. That he'll supply seed for the sower, blessing you more abundantly than you could ever think. More than just your need. Blessing you so much that you have enough to left over to continue to give. Not only that, the people that you're blessing is going to start interceding for you. Do you know how important intercession is? Do you know that's what Jesus Christ is doing? He's interceding for you. I've got intercessors in this church that intercede for you. Do you know that? They intercede for me. They intercede for you. You visitors, anybody that's here for the first time, my intercessors are interceding for you. Whether you know Jesus or not, when you came in here, people have been praying for you for a long time. And we're still praying for you. Me and my staff intercede for you. Our Sunday school's teachers intercede for you. You got to give to tap into this. Praying for you in passionate intercession for whatever you need. Thank God for this gift, His gift. No language can praise it enough. I know the cynic in here is thinking, oh, he's just been setting us up waiting to talk on giving. No, the Lord led me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I, I couldn't zoom forward and know what he had in store here. He's brought us here on purpose all the way through 2 Corinthians as well as through the book of the Holy Spirit, learning to be filled. If we're really filled, we're going to start taking on his character. And part of that character is giving. Amen. Isn't that good? It's loving. It's interceding. It's warring. It's serving. It's taking the focus off of us and placing it onto each other and onto the body and onto God. Our church experience is not about us. It's about the body and about the Lord. In us turning ourselves outward to do, God's going to fulfill us. We don't have to worry about meeting our need. God will meet it. If all we're doing is trying to meet our need, we come up short. And now I'm preaching. Do you see that? While we try to do it ourselves, it's like treading water. We can't get anywhere. But the second we turn outward and start helping, start doing what God's called us to do, God says, okay, I got you. Yeah, your tire just blew out and you didn't have the money for it. That's okay. I got you right here. 
car just broke down. You got a problem with your job. It's okay. I see what you're doing. I, I got you. I knew this was going to happen. You didn't. I did. I got you. Keep going. I'm with you. Amen? Let me pray for you. Pastor Justin, I want you to come up here and pray for the list. I don't think we have many on it. Praise God, unless I'm looking at an old one. But I want to pray for you to have a spirit to give. Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask according to your word to give us a giving heart, a cheerful giving heart, one that delights in giving. And Lord, we just come against a stingy heart. And Lord, just ask you just to soften us. I just thank you, Lord. Bless us. Meet our needs, Lord, as a church body, Lord, as individuals, those that are coming in here in great need. Just ask you, Lord, to begin to meet that need as we begin to serve and to give. Thank you, Lord. Just bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.